We'll see what the Lord has for us this morning. Exodus chapter 13. We're going to start there in verse 11. I'm going to start reading there at verse 11. And it shall be when the Lord shall bring thee into the land of the Canaanites, as he swore unto thee and to thy fathers, and shall give it to thee. Now this is the Lord speaking to Moses. Verse 12, that thou shalt set apart unto the Lord all that openeth the matrix, and every firstling that cometh of a beast which thou hast, the male shall be the Lord's. And every firstling of an ass that thou shalt redeem with a lamb. And if thou wilt not redeem it, then thou shalt break his neck. And all the firstborn of man among thy children shalt thou redeem. Now this morning I want to preach on an unsaved man is nothing but a donkey. You're nothing but a donkey. We're nothing but donkeys. We're nothing but jacks. I'm going to show you what the Bible has to say about that. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I just want to thank you so much for loving us and taking care of us. Father, Lord, I just pray a hedge of protection around everybody in this room. Lord God, everybody's listening. Father, I just pray, Lord, that you would bless them. Thank you, Father, for the grace and mercy we have in Jesus Christ. Lord, thank you for the precious blood of Jesus Christ, Father. Lord, we just pray, Lord, in this time of need, Father, that you'd come in and give people grace to bear what they're going through, Lord God. Father, we do pray for some healing in the church. Father, we do pray for some healing, people, healing off the people of our prayer list, Lord God, Lord. But we do thank you for everything you do for us, Lord God. Father, I just pray, Lord, it would be your words and not mine. Father, I just pray that it would be like holy manna come down, Father, for us to, to, to feed on, Lord God. And Father, I just thank you, Lord, that you love us enough to take care of us and you loved us enough to die for us, Lord God. If there's somebody underneath the sound of my voice that doesn't know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, Father, I pray, Lord, as we give the invitation, they'll come on down here and they'll get saved. In Jesus Christ, holy name I pray. Amen. So there's two things you can learn from this verse 13. Chapter 13, verse 13. Watch out for those 13s. The first thing you need to learn is you need to learn that every first birth needs to be redeemed. Every first birth needs to be redeemed. And everybody underneath the sound of my voice has a first birth. Everybody underneath the sound of my voice has a first birth. Everybody underneath the sound of my voice has been born. But Jesus Christ said, ye must be born again. There's a second birth. We need a second spiritual birth. So everybody has a first birth, but everybody, that first birth needs to be redeemed. You need to be redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, and you'll get that second birth. You must be born again. You'll get that spiritual birth. You'll be born into the family of God when you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. But you must reject the first birth. You must know that God has rejected your first birth. It's a spiritual birth. And the second thing you need to know about this verse 13 is, the Bible says an unsaved man is like a donkey. And I'm about to show you some verses to, to prove that. I'm not just saying that. The Bible does say we're like a, we're like a donkey. We're like a wild uh, ass's colt. But it shows that a donkey needs to be redeemed also, and it needs to be redeemed by a lamb. So an unsaved, an unsaved, if a donkey is like an unsaved man, an unsaved man needs to be redeemed by a lamb. See there in verse 13? And every firstling of an ass thou shalt redeem with a lamb. What's interesting about that is God, uh, there's lots of animals that are born first, and he mentions, but this is the only one he mentions specifically is the donkey, is the ass. That's the only one he mentions specifically. And if you don't redeem this donkey, if you don't redeem this ass, it says, if thou will not redeem it, then thou shalt break 
his neck. Thou shalt break his neck. No, the scripture says in Galatians chapter 3, verse 13, that Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. There's that broken neck that hangeth on a tree. You need to be redeemed. You need your first birth to be redeemed. And you're nothing but a jack. You're nothing but a donkey that needs to be redeemed by the lamb. I got to studying this because I got to, I got, I, I, it kind of came to my mind and it, it says all the firstborn of man at the end of verse 13, before we move on, it says all the firstborn of man among thy children shalt thou redeem. And that redemption process, that redemption cost, you can find that in Numbers chapter 3 verse 47, it was five shekels. You're supposed to pay five shekels to the priest to redeem your firstborn. Uh, what, I, what I found out from studying it, what I was interested about was that what if your dad was a sorry, no good sinner and didn't redeem you? What if your dad, and we have a lot of dads like this in, in the country today, is a sorry, no good uh, sinner, I mean, just doesn't care nothing about God, doesn't care nothing about church, doesn't care nothing about God's ways, and says, well, I'm not paying five shekels of a priest, I'm not going to redeem you. What happened would be when that person, that man, reached the age of accountability, when he got old enough, he paid for his own redemption. You paid yourself. My point to you is, is you have no excuse if you say, well, my mom and dad didn't raise me in church. My mom and dad didn't tell me about God. Well, that's, now that you're old enough, you need to go find out about God. There's no excuse. There's no excuse at all. Turn to Job chapter 11. Job chapter 11. I'll show you where the Bible says that an unsaved man is nothing but like a, a donkey. Job chapter 11. Turn to Job chapter 11, verse 11. So let me show you in the Bible, and this will lead you to, this is going to lead us to where I wanna, what I want to preach on this morning. What's interesting about the Bible is that there's lots and lots of things. The Bible has lots and lots of things to say about donkeys. A donkey is found all through the scriptures. You know, you have Balaam's a donkey, ass speaking. You have, uh, uh, you have Samson picking up the jawbone of an ass. You have Saul, he's out looking, before he's king, Saul's out looking for his father's donkeys, his father's asses. I mean, it's all through the Bible, the donkeys. And we're going to get to the most important donkey, which is the one that Jesus Christ was with. But look at Job chapter 11, verse 11. Job chapter 11, verse 11. For he knoweth, talking about the Lord, God, for he knoweth vain men, he seeth wickedness also. Will he not then consider it? God knows what, man, what man's doing. God knows what, what wickedness is going in the world. God knows what you've got hidden in your closet. Your wife might not know. Your husband might not know. Your mom, your dad might not know about all the sins you have. You might have, have them hidden in the closet. But there's one person that does know. It's the Lord God. And that should wake you up. That should wake you up. Verse 12, for vain man would be wise... Look at this. Though man be born like a wild ass's colt. See, I wasn't just popping my mouth off. The Bible does say you're like a donkey. You're like a wild ass's colt. You're just like a donkey. An unsaved man, an unsaved person is just like a wild ass's colt. That's how we're born. All of us in here were born that way. All of us love to sing, I was born to be wild. 
That song comes on the radio. A lot of us, uh, if you have the radio on, the song Born to be Wild comes on the radio. A lot of people will turn it up. Because, yeah, I was born to be wild. I want to be wild. What's a donkey known to be like? What's a donkey known to be like? A donkey's notoriously known to be stubborn. Thick-headed, stiff-necked, can't get it to do nothing. Not very likable. Now, when Brother Stan Reynolds was still alive, God bless him, he had a whole collection of donkeys over there. And he kept all, he, he gathered those donkeys up. I guess people had found out he wanted donkeys. They just started dropping them off at his property, didn't they? Ronnie, I think that's what was happening. I mean, he started collecting donkeys. He, got, he just started collecting donkeys. Well, when Brother Stan passed away, his wife Mary, she couldn't take care of all those donkeys. How many donkeys did he have at the... Seven. Okay, well, he finally got all these donkeys together. Well, we had to find, we had trouble. Uh, Brother Ronnie, he had trouble finding somebody who wanted these donkeys. I mean, he finally got rid of most of these donkeys, but uh, donkeys are, and one of the things I was reading about, because I was like, what are the characteristics of a donkey? Because everybody knows they're stubborn, they're thick-headed. This is actually a quote. I found this on the internet. This, uh, if you type in characteristics of a donkey, this is the quote it gives you. The reason they're stubborn is this is due, this is quote, this is due to their highly Developed sense of self-preservation. Now, who does that sound like? Self-preservation. Their highly developed sense of self-preservation. Sounds like most of the people in this country. What about me? It's all about me. I'm going to go to the store and I'm going to buy every bit of toilet paper I can find because it's all about me. I'm going to buy everything out. You know, I'm not going to worry about the person behind me. They have to go in there to say, you can only buy one of these. And you only can buy one. You know why they have to do that? Because we all have this self-sense of preservation. Highly developed that it's me comes first, everybody else last. That's a sign of a donkey. That's a sign of a jack. That's a sign of a wild ass's colt. Look at verse 12. For a vain man would be wise, though man be born like a wild ass's colt. But there's hope for you. Look at verse 13. If thou prepare thine heart and stretch out thine hands toward him, towards the Lord God, if iniquity be in thine hand, put it far away, and let not wickedness dwell in thy tabernacles. For then shalt thou lift up thy face without spot. Yea, thou shalt be steadfast and shalt not fear, because thou shalt forget thy misery and remember it as waters that pass away. Do you feel like your life has lived like a wild jackass? Is that how you feel like your life is? The Bible says, God says, I can clean all that up for you. That can be all washed away like water. That storm you're living in, that life of craziness of running wild and being born to be wild, that craziness you're living in your first birth, God says, I can take care of that. Everybody deals with that. Amen. Everybody. I think some of the funniest things is when people, they get older and they're raised up, they're raised up as kids by their grandparents. And they're like, oh, it's, it's Granny Smith. Oh, she's so wonderful. She's such a sweet old lady. And then they get older and then somebody in the family says, oh, Granny Smith, she was pretty wild when she was growing up. Oh, Granny Smith, that sweet old lady that cooks your uh, casserole every Sunday after church, she was always in the bars when she was growing up. She was pretty wild. And it, it really affects people. It really hurts their feelings. But I've got something to tell you. Everybody's born that way. Your mama, your daddy, your granny. 
your granddaddy. And very few, few people don't go wild. Because you were born that way. And the Bible tells you that's what's going on with your life. You've got that first birth. That If you notice in your Bible, when you study out your Bible, how many times in your Bible is the first birth rejected? Almost everybody is the first one born is rejected. All through the Bible, Reuben, rejected. The first king was Saul, rejected. The first one's always rejected. Jesus Christ, firstborn, was he rejected? Rejected. <laughs> Crucified. The firstborn. Rejected. You know what, who God was going to kill in Exodus, or who he killed in, in Exodus with, with the Egyptians? He killed the firstborn. That's why he was bringing that up. I'm going to kill the firstborn. You need a, you need a lamb. You need to put that blood on the doorpost. And when I, as the, as the death angel passes by, and when I see that blood on the doorpost, if you'll get inside that door, I'll pass over because death's already been there. It's a token between me and you. You've got to get in there. If you're the firstborn, you better get in the door. You need a lamb. So after he does that for him and he saves him, he comes out and goes, hey, from now on, every firstborn is mine. If you're going to redeem him, you better redeem him. If it's, a, if it's an ass, you better do it with a lamb. The ass needs the lamb. God says you're born like a wild ass. Now let's turn to Mark 11 and start finishing this off. Mark chapter 11. Now here, here's... Why I'm bringing all this up. I'm bringing all this up for a reason. This is one week away from the resurrection. It's referred to as Palm Sunday. And it's referred to as Palm Sunday because this is when our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, a week before He's crucified and resurrected, He makes His triumphal entry into Jerusalem. And He comes in as a king to the Jews. And this is the story we're about to read in Mark chapter 11. This is the story of him entering Jerusalem. All this has been prophesied. It was prophesied to the day. came true just like it said it was going to happen. And here comes our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Verse, chapter 11, verse 1. And when they came nigh to Jerusalem unto Bethphage and Bethany at the Mount of Olives, he sendeth forth two of his disciples... And saith unto them, Go your way into the village over against you, and as soon as ye be entered into it, you shall find a colt tied, whereon never man sat, loose him and bring him. So Jesus Christ gives some instructions to his disciples. He said, Okay, I want you to go in. I want you to go in. You're going to find this colt. He's going to be tied, and there's going to be, and never man sat on him. Nobody's ever rode him. I want you to loose him and bring him to me. This colt being tied, and we know a colt, a wild ass's colt, this colt is a type of a lost man who's tied up. Just like a lost person is tied up in the bondage of their sin. You're tied up in the bondage of your sin. That's what sin does to you. Sin wraps you and binds you and you get caught up in the bondage. And you think there's no way out. I've gotten so deep into this sin. I've gotten so deep to the bottom of the barrel. There's no way out. And there's so many people that get so deep into their sin. They don't see it. There's not a light at the end of the tunnel. There's no way out. There's no forgiveness. There's, I, I'm never going to be able to kick this addiction. I'm never going to be able to kick this sin. I'm never going to have forgiveness. I'm never going to. And I'm here to tell you there's a man that will loose you. Amen. There's a man named Jesus Christ who will loose you. Who's looking for you to loose you. 
And he's going to ride you. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 26 verse 3, it says, uh, let me read the verse to you. A whip for the horse, a bridle for the ass, and a rod for the fool's back. This is a bridle for the ass. This is what a donkey needs is he needs a bridle. Somebody to ride him and control where he goes. That's what a sinner needs. A sinner needs that bridle. What you need in your life is you need somebody to ride you and tell you where you need to go. And I know the man who can do it. His name is Jesus Christ. And he'll loose you. You shall find at the end of verse 2, you shall find a colt tied where a never man sat. Loose him and bring him. You need to be loose from the bondage of your sins. What I like there, it says that Jesus Christ says that this donkey's never been rolled. There's never a man sat on it. There's a deep, deep place, deep down inside of your heart, deep down inside of your soul that needs God to sit there. It needs God. It's made for God to reside there. And if you're lost going to hell, if you're lost without Jesus Christ, if you don't know Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, that place is empty right now. And there's a nagging going on deep down inside you that says something's not right. Well, I'm here to tell you this morning, what's not right is God's not where He's supposed to be. He's supposed to be riding on the throne of your heart. You need to let Him sit on that throne. And, and before, until you do, and until you allow Jesus Christ to come into you, until you ask Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior, that nagging's never going to go away. You're going to be a wild ass's cult running here and running there. And people are going to, you're going to be stubborn-headed and thick-headed. And you're going, to, you're going to be bound up and tied up in the cords of your sin. And until you allow Jesus Christ to come and to loose you and to sit on you and to sit on that place, you're never going to be happy. You're never going to have that peace that passeth all understanding. You're never going to have that power and that love and that sound mind that's promised to us through the Holy Spirit. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and of a sound mind. Praise the Lord. Man, he, he sits on me and he resides in me and he sits on the throne of my heart and I couldn't be happier. When things go wrong, it's me. It's me bucking. And I'm, I start to act like a donkey. I know what the problem is. I go look in the mirror and I say, there's the problem. See those long floppy ears? That's it right there. I don't need horns. I got ears like a donkey. That's what the Bible says. And that's what I, I let that old nature come out. I let that first birth come up. That flesh. And he's stubborn. He's thick-headed. And he doesn't want to listen, and you can't hardly beat him to death. He needs a bridle. And when I stop letting Jesus Christ run things, they all go apart. They all fall apart. The best times in my life is when I say, Jesus Christ, here's the reins. I'm going to stop letting you be my co-pilot, because that's moronic. And I'm going to start letting you be my pilot. I'm going to start letting you be in charge. So many people treat Jesus Christ like he's a spare tire sitting in the back of the trunk. And they go through life and boom, they have a flat. Oh, well, I guess I better go out and get Jesus. And let me open up the trunk. And he's hidden back there. Now let me. But that's not what Jesus Christ is supposed to be. He's supposed to be riding you. He's supposed to be driving the wheel. You're supposed to be riding in the back seat. Let him do his job. 
You don't have the peace. You don't have the happiness. You're not letting him do his job. Let him do his job. Let him sit on you. Let him control you. And you're about to see some amazing things will happen when you do that. Look at verse 3. And if any man say unto you, Why do ye this? Say ye that the Lord hath need of him. And straightway he will send him hither. What's going to happen when you start trying to search out Jesus Christ? You start uh, looking at going to Jesus Christ. When you start going to church or you start worshiping Jesus Christ, your friends and your family are going to say, What's going on? What are you doing? Why do ye this? Why do ye this? What are you doing? Any of y'all had that experience? I know when I started getting close to the Lord, I had some friends say, well, you're not the same Keegan. And I thought, well, praise the Lord. You, know, you don't want me to be the same. No, they want me to be that way. They want me to be that hellraiser. They want me to be all that stuff that I was. They want me to stay that way because that's the way they were. And that's the only life they knew. But once I received Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior, man, and I had that second birth, and I had that spiritual birth, and I was born again, that old stuff passed away. Man, that stuff didn't seem fun anymore. Now I wanted to go to church. I wanted to read my Bible. I wanted to sing songs to Jesus Christ. I wanted to do none of that before I was saved. Because He's living in me, and He's riding me, and He's guiding me. And I, I was allowing Him to do that. And that's a wonderful time. But your friends are going to give you trouble. Your family is going to give you some trouble. So it's not going to be a bed of roses. So get ready for that. But it's worth it. I'm telling you. I've been on both sides of the fence. I'm talking from experience. This is my testimony. I've been on both sides of the fence. The friends I lost, I gained a hundred times more when I went over to Jesus Christ. Better friends. The family, some of my family maybe that doesn't, uh, thinks that I'm, I'm a hypocrite and everything. I've got a whole lot better family sitting in the church that I found in Jesus Christ. Listen, I'm a lot happier. But I can talk and talk and talk about it. You've got to receive Jesus Christ to understand what I'm talking about, right? You've got to receive Him. I mean, I can talk about it and talk about it, but you've got to let Him go. You've got to let Him have the power over you. You've got to let Him ride you. You've got to recognize that you're in need of a second birth. Verse 3, And if any man say unto you, Why do ye this? Say ye that the Lord hath need of him. You feel like you have no worth in this world? You ever feel like that nobody needs you? Maybe you feel like nobody wants you? Maybe you feel like you're just a person that, I don't know if anybody even cares for me, Brother, pa brother Keegan. I don't think anybody even cares for me. They care. I know a man that cares for you. His name is Jesus Christ. His name is Jesus Christ. He cares for you. And He loves you. And He needs you. Can you imagine that? The God of this universe needs you. He needs you. Can you, you know that you're needed? You're needed by the Lord God of this universe to do some things? He needed this cult. And He can use you. And He needs you. Look at verse 4. And they went their way, the disciples, they did what the Lord told them to do, and they went their way and found the colt tied by the door without in a place where two ways met, and they loose him. Man, there's, verse 4, there's so much in that verse right there. 
when they find that colt. Now, we know that that colt is a type of an unsaved man, right? We know that from Job chapter 11, verse 12. And they went their way and found the colt. Where was he tied? By the door. See all those little, all those little things put in there? You'll read right through that and not even stop and think about it. It's easy to do. By the door. Who's the door? If you know your Bible, who's the door? Jesus Christ said, I am the door. <laughs> By me, if any man are in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. You'll turn from a donkey to a lamb. You'll turn a, from a donkey to a sheep. An unsaved man in the Bible is a donkey. A saved man in the Bible is a sheep. Jesus Christ will turn you from a donkey to a sheep. I am the door. That's John 10, 9. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. He's by the door. The colt is by the door. Notice, it's the door. The Bible could have said a door. There's not many doors. We're not talking about, hey, I'm, I, know, I know I'm wild, uh, brother. I know I'm crazy. Uh, I, I think I'm going to start getting into Buddhism. I'm, no, 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 no. <laughs> Don't work that way, not with our Lord God. There's only one door. Jesus Christ said, I am the way, the truth, the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. Amen. You're only going by him. It's not a door, it's the door. And he's by the door. That tells you that every cult, every unsaved person, Jesus Christ is right there by you. Through the Holy Spirit. He wants you. He needs you. And thank God He's not going to leave you alone. The Lord God's not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. The Lord God doesn't want you damned and doomed to a devil's hell. He wants to save you. He loves you enough to die for you. He came up from the grave to prove to you that he's doing what he said he's going to do. He's resurrected. He's got that eternal life. He's about to do it a week from here, from this point that we're reading about. He's done all of that. He's shown you. And the Bible says that colt that he was by the door, the door is by the colt and the colt's by the door. Here, if Jesus Christ is in this place this morning, and I believe he is, and you're in here this morning, you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, the, the, the Lord's not standing behind me. He's not standing behind the sheep that's found. The Bible says he's going out to look for that one sheep that's lost. He's right by you. He loves you. He wants you. I've already been found. It's not about the 99 sheep that are found. It's about the one sheep that's lost. It's about the first of Genesis where Adam and Eve were hiding from God and God went looking for them in the garden. Adam, where are you? Eve, where are you? He wants a relationship. He wants to be there with you, but you've got to allow him to get into your heart. You've got to allow him to sit and to ride you. I was reading where the <laughs> this guy was riding along. He had his wife with him. He's riding along. He looked over in the field, and there was a, there was a donkey out in the field, and he turns to his wife, and he says, that reminds you of any of your relatives? His wife, his wife said, yeah, my in-laws. <laughs> Thank God I don't have any in-laws like that. 
Yeah, it reminds me of my in-laws. Verse 4 says, By the door and without in a place, in a place where two ways met. It's a crossroads. This colt is sitting by a crossroads, by a door. And you're either going to go one way or you're going to go the other. There's only one way into eternal life and there's another way into eternal damnation. It's two ways. It's a crossroads. And maybe this morning you're hearing this for the first time. You're saying, what's that pastor talking about? I'm feeling this feeling in my heart. There's a prickling going on in my heart. You're right there at that crossroads. And the Holy Spirit through Jesus Christ is speaking to you and He's saying you've got one of two ways you're going to go. You're either going to go the narrow way to life. That's Jesus Christ. I am the way. There's only one door. I am the door. Or you're going to go the broad way into destruction. The Bible says in Proverbs 16, 25, There's a way that seemeth right unto man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. The ways of death. So there's many, many ways of death. There's only one way that's right unto God. But there's a way that seemeth right unto man. And that's the way the world will tell you. That's the way the, the, the media is going to tell you. That's the way uh, uh, false religions are going to lead you. They're going to lead you down all these different ways. But Jesus Christ said, no, 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 no. I am the way, the truth, and the life. See, there's going to be one to God. Because there's only going to be one that's going to be that lamb. There's not been many lambs slaughtered to be put the blood on the door. There was only one lamb that was killed to be put, to put the blood on the door. Listen, you're not going to find a bunch of different ways. God says, I'm going to give you one way through Jesus Christ. John the Baptist says, Behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. The Lamb of God. That's it. The sin of the world. That's it. We need that lamb. You need that lamb. And if you're lost, you need that lamb. And Jesus Christ says, I want to loose that lamb. He's in a, by a door where there's two ways. I, I mean, I'm going to loose that colt, and I want you to take that colt, loose him, bring him to me. I'm going to ride him. Verse 5, And certain of them that stood there said unto them, What do you loosen the colt? And they said unto them, Even as Jesus had commanded, and they let them go. Verse 7, And they brought the colt to Jesus and cast their garments on him, and he sat upon him. I want to point out some stuff about verse 7. It's very important to you guys in here that are saved. It says that they, verse 7, they brought the cult to Jesus. You are, Christian, you're responsible for bringing other people to Jesus Christ. Yeah, you are. Not just the pastors, not just the preachers, not just the Sunday school teachers. You have a responsibility to bring those people to Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ could have went by himself. Jesus Christ could have went, got the colt, brought him back. Jesus Christ, I want you two to go and bring them back and bring that colt back. Why did he do that? He wanted that because he had a plan. He was doing a type, and he's showing you that you're going to bring the colt to him. We have a responsibility. And they brought the colt to Jesus. You have a responsibility. Look, and cast their garments on him. And he sat upon him. A Christian will have to give up some comforts for others to get saved. They took off their coat. They took off their cloak. They took off their covering. And they took that and they put that on that lost coat on that coat that had been bound in sin, and they put their, their garments on there and put Jesus Christ on there. 
Christians, we're going to have to give some things up so people can get saved. We're going to have to lose some comfort so people can get saved. Is it, is it comfortable witnessing to people about Jesus Christ? No. Are we always comfortable to hand somebody a gospel track? No. Who said, I mean, I don't know about y'all, but I'm not comfortable about it. I'm not comfortable when I'm talking to people about their sin. or Nobody wants to do Nobody's comfortable doing that, right? But we're going to have to lose some comforts to get people saved. And they brought the colt to Jesus and cast their garments on him, and he sat upon him. The Lord Jesus Christ sits on him. Look at verse 8. And many spread their garments in the way, and others cut down branches off the trees and strolled them in the way. And they that went before, and they that followed, cried, saying, Hosanna! Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Blessed be the kingdom of our father David that cometh in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Woo! Jesus Christ, he gets on that coat just like it was prophesied in Zechariah. And here he comes. He's coming in. He's riding in. He's riding in as their king. And they're starting to throw down palm leaves, starting to throw down their garments in front of Jesus Christ. And they're praising God. And they're singing. And they're, Hosanna to the highest. And praise God. Blessed be his name. And they're, they're praising Jesus Christ. When you allow Jesus Christ to get on you and start riding you, you're going to see some crazy things. You're going to do some things that you never imagined you could do. Amen. Amen, yeah. This colt's sitting there by himself, tied up. He's in bondage. He's like, well, I'll never get out of here. What does that colt want to do? That colt wants to run wild. That colt wants to do some things. That colt's wild. It's in his nature. But he's tied up. He can't get loose. And all of a sudden, here comes these two disciples, and they come to him and they say, hey, the Lord needs you. And they untie him. And they bring this colt. And this colt don't know what's going on. This colt's just led over there. And here comes Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ gets on this colt. Puts the bridle on him. Puts it in his mouth. Said, here we go. We're about to have some fun. And there's never been an uproar in Jerusalem like there was that day. When their king of kings came in. And they were screaming and hollering and cheering. And the kids were running and throwing stuff. And man, there was such an uproar. The whole city came out and said, what's going on out here? And the Pharisees, they heard about it and they ran and they told Jesus, you hear what they're saying? You hear what they're saying? You better tell them to be quiet. You hear what those children say? What did Jesus Christ answer to that was? Jesus Christ's answer was, if I was to tell them to be quiet, the stones themselves would cry out. Nature itself was ready to start jubilating. Nature itself was ready to start glorifying God, glorifying Jesus Christ. It was getting ready. Their Messiah was coming in through Jerusalem. Just like was prophesied hundreds of years ago. It was before their very eyes. And here's this lowly colt. <laughs> and he's a part of all of that. But notice, who was getting the glory? It wasn't the donkey. It wasn't the donkey. The donkey, they were, oh, look at that little donkey. Oh, look at that. Oh, praise to be to the donkey. Praise be to the donkey. No, no, no. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. When you allow Jesus Christ to come into your life, you're going to be amazed how Jesus Christ is going to get all the glory. You say, well, the Lord answered my prayer. I had a good report from the doctor. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. 
Well, I had something happen and the Lord healed me up. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We're not praising the donkey in here. The donkey gets enough praise out in the world. We're going to praise Jesus Christ. We're going to lift up and glorify the name of Jesus Christ. That's who deserves it all. Because if it wasn't for Jesus Christ, that donkey would still be tied up back there by that door. By those two ways. Praise the Lord. Jesus wants to put his bridle on you and control your life and be the, your Lord and Savior. That's as simple and plain as I can put it. He will take you to places that you never dreamed of. I want to close by telling you this little story. There was a judge and he had a man come before him. And this man had been accused of forgery. And this judge remembered this boy, this man. And he knew this man's dad. This man's dad that was standing before him was a real famous lawyer. He had wrote a book called The Law of Trusts. A real famous book for the lawyers. And this judge, when he seen this young man stand before him, he knew his dad. He said, do you remember your father? The judge started scolding this young man. He said, do you remember your father? The father whom you disgraced? So that judge started getting onto that man for disgracing the family name, disgracing his father, all his father stood for. And this is what that young man said to that judge. He goes, yeah, I remember my dad perfectly. When I went to him for advice or companionship, he would look up from his book that he was writing on the law of trust and say, run away, boy, I'm busy. Run away, boy, I'm busy. My father finished his book and here I am. This man had wrote a book on the law of trust, and he had broken the greatest law a dad could ever have, was the law of trust with, between a father and a son. The reason why I'm telling you this story is there's so many people, they have that first birth, that little child. And they go off and they get busy running in the world. And that little child of the first birth comes in and it needs your attention. Something needs to be done. You're a sinner. I need some help. I need to be cleansed. And that little child, every time he comes into your heart and to your conscience and says, I need some help, I need to be cleansed, you'll say, run away. Run away, boy, I'm busy. And there's going to come a day where you can't say, Run away, boy. I'm busy. It's going to be too late. Your first birth needs to be took care of. Your first birth needs that redemption. Or you're going to get your neck broke in a devil's hell. That's as plain as I can put it. Either you're going to let the Lord ride you or the devil's going to ride you right down into hell. Are you going to let the world ride you and the devil ride you or are you going to let Jesus Christ ride you? Are you going to just stick with that first birth and every time your first birth comes into your conscience says there's something wrong with me, there's something not right, you're going to say, hey, run away. Or are you going to say, come on in here. We're going to let Jesus Christ handle this. I'm going to let Jesus Christ handle this. I'm going to let Jesus Christ come in. I'm going to let Jesus Christ be the Lord and Savior of my life. I'm going to let Jesus Christ put that bridle on me. I'm going to let him ride me. And I'm going to let him take me to places I never dreamed of. The amazing thing about God is he gives us the greatest gift. And that great gift is the gift of free will. 
You have that option. To choose to take Jesus Christ or to choose to take a devil's hell. It's your choice. And I can't make it for you. Nobody can make it for you. You've got to make that choice. So in closing, what choice have you made? Personally, I can say that there was a come a time where I heard a preacher preaching just like this and I said, I want to take Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I know I'm a sinner. I know I'm wicked. I don't want to go to hell. I want to take Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And he came into my heart. I was born again and I have never been the same. It's the best thing that ever happened to me. And I praise the Lord for it every day. Praise the Lord. The Heavenly Father, thank you so much for loving us, taking care of us, Father. And Lord, as we go through this uh, prayer, Father, we just pray, Lord God, you speak to people's heart the truth, Lord. If there's somebody underneath the sound of my voice that doesn't know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, Father, I just pray, Lord God, that you would speak the heart the truth. And Father, they'd come and realize that they're a sinner and they recognize that they're a sinner, Father. And they recognize that Jesus Christ died for their sins, was buried and rose on the third day, Lord God. If they recognize all this stuff, that they would bow down, Lord God, and receive you as their Lord and Savior. Asking, Jesus, asking you, Lord Jesus Christ, to save them the best way they know how, Lord God. I want to thank you for salvation. I want to thank you for the precious blood of Jesus Christ, Father. I want to thank you for fulfilling prophecy, Lord God, through your word. Lord, I want to thank you, Father, that you give us these great types in the Bible, Lord God, showing us who we really are. And not who we think we are, Lord God. Thank you for showing us the truth. And I pray all this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Hello, friends. This is Pastor Keegan Hall of Indian Gap Baptist Church of Indian Gap, Texas. If you'd like to contact us, you can do it at IndianGapBaptist.com. On the internet, it's IndianGapBaptist.com. But I have a question for you. If you died tonight, do you know if you would go to heaven? You know, if you're not sure, let me show you a few verses out of the Bible so you can know if you have eternal life. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 5, verse 13, These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. So that verse tells us there that you can know you have eternal life. And I want to show you how you can know that. Jesus Christ talked in John chapter 3 verse 16. And most people have heard this verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Now that's an amazing verse of course talking about how God gave Jesus Christ as a gift to the world. But Verse 17 and 18, he went on to say something interesting. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. So the whole reason Jesus Christ came into this world was to save you and to save me and you. But in verse 18, he says something that's amazing. He says that he that believeth on him is not condemned. He's stressing a faith. It's putting your faith into Jesus Christ. But he says there in verse 18, but he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. So he says you're condemned already if you haven't believed in Jesus Christ. It's not like you're going to go to heaven and you're going to stand before God and you're going to have God put your good deeds on the scale and your bad deeds on, on the other side of the scale and he's going to weigh it and if you've been a good enough person down on this earth that he'll let you into heaven. It doesn't work that way. Jesus Christ is real explicit here to say that you're condemned already. You need a Savior right now. The same chapter down in verse 36, it says, He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. 
It goes back to a believe, putting your faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. But the verse continues, And he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. See, it's going on right now. You need a Savior right now. You need to be saved from a devil's hell. Paul sums it up real good here in Romans chapter 10, verse 9, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shall believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. It's putting your faith in Jesus Christ from the heart. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and then with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. It's very important to confess Jesus Christ because the mouth shows where the heart's at. And in verse 13, he sums it up, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So friends, as simple as just bowing your head and saying a prayer, something like this. Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I know you died on the cross for my sins. I believe you can came up from the grave and are alive right now listening to me. I invite you into my heart to save me. Please save me, Lord Jesus. Amen. If you prayed something similar to that, we'd love to hear from you. You can contact us at IndianGapBaptist.com. And God bless you. And until next time. Casting all your care upon him.